Hello friends and welcome to the latest episode of Fia's Trivia. Is mankind alone in the universe? Or are there other intelligent beings from very different worlds also looking for aliens? We would be aliens for them, right? So is there someone out there looking for us? Are there more advanced civilization than ours with much more intelligent life forms than us? Maybe they can travel through galaxies faster than the speed of light. Maybe there are many such civilizations and they're all friends and they all hang out with each other. Maybe they find us too primitive and so don't want to contact us. Or maybe there is no life beyond the earth and we are a unique and privileged lot. Such questions were only part of drawing room conversations for a long time. But today, for the first time in human history, they have entered into the realm of experimental science. We have scientists and astrophysicists searching for extraterrestrial intelligence in outer space. And I am hopeful that pretty soon we will be having conversation with aliens. In what language we will communicate with them, you ask? I don't know, but I sure do hope that Google will be able to translate for us. Let's look at the probability of life forms existing elsewhere in the universe. So here are the facts. There are at least a hundred billion stars in our home galaxy Milky Way alone and perhaps hundred billion galaxies of much the same size scattered throughout deep space. Given the size of the universe, hardly any scientists believe that Earth is the only place where life exists. But until quite recently, the field of exobiology, which is the study of extraterrestrial life, also known as astrobiology, was almost dying. In the 60s and 70s, humans sent several planetary explorer robots throughout our solar system in search of life, but they found no trace of life anywhere. Then the final blow happened when in 1976, the Mars Viking lander could not find any life on Mars. That was a major disappointment and it seemed like apart from the Earth, the solar system appeared to be infertile as far as life was concerned. Since those bleak days, exobiology's prospects have brightened enormously. A whole succession of discoveries have vastly increased the probabilities that life exists elsewhere in the solar system as well as our chances of actually finding it. Earlier we didn't even know that planets existed outside our solar system. We only saw stars in the sky. But in the last few years, space probes and astronomical observation have found evidence for planets around more than 60 nearby stars and totally we have found about 3000 planets. So for the uninitiated, stars that we see in the sky are actually suns. Our sun is also a star. So when people from other planets or other solar systems see in their night sky, they will see our sun as a star. So when we look at the night sky, we can only see stars or suns of other solar systems. We cannot or could not see planets as planets don't emit much light and the brightness of the stars overshadowed the planets. But with technology, we were able to find many planets surrounding nearby stars. The Galileo spacecraft has found what is almost certainly a liquid, salty ocean beneath the surface of Jupiter's moon Europa. Most likely, once had liquid water flowing on its surface. 
Scientists now believe that much of it is still there, locked beneath the surface. And water, along with some kind of energy source like the sun, is key to life. Now when we say life, we don't just mean intelligent life like us humans. We mean any life, including small microbes or single-celled organisms. To begin with, we are trying to find if any life exists outside the earth. Earlier, we thought that life can only exist in conditions similar to what we live in and what we see around us. So basically, not too hot or not too cold, but just the right temperature. So that means we are looking at habitable planets that are neither too far from the sun which will make them too cold nor too near the sun which will make them too hot. We were looking for planets like earth in the habitable zone also called the Goldilocks zone which is just the right distance from the sun not too hot not too cold. But biologists have learned that life is much more robust than most scientists believed 30 years ago. Earth microorganisms have been found thriving in astonishingly hostile environments. Deep beneath the oceans, for example, near the volcanic vents known as black smokers, some microbes grow and multiply at temperatures above 110 degrees. According to some scientists, perhaps as high as 170 degrees. Others thrive in acid conditions that would strip the skin from a human. Some even prefer cold to heat. Antarctic life forms can manage very well in a state of permanent deep freeze. The existence of these so-called extremophile organisms radically change our view of what might be called the necessities of life. Extremophiles live happily without sunshine, without moderate warmth, without organic molecules to feed off and with no need for photosynthesis. With all of this information, we are now basically looking for liquid water, even a little dampness and some kind of energy source. And so now the possibilities are huge. The Goldilocks zone, Goldilocks zone has expanded. Mars remains the best candidate for the discovery of an extraterrestrial organism. In the early solar system 4 billion years ago, Mars probably offered better prospects for life than the Earth. In 1998, NASA scientists found what may have been fossilized ancient Martian bacteria in a meteorite that blasted from the planet's surface due to a cosmic impact. The Mars rock drifted through space for millions of years before eventually crashing down in Antarctica. Some of Earth's Antarctic life forms could probably live on Mars today. Perhaps below the Martian surface, the corresponding native organisms are just waiting to be discovered. There are several missions to Mars ongoing and planned by several countries, including India's Mangalyaan. Exobiologists no longer restrict themselves to planets. Comets, for example, are rich in organic material and certainly could be colonized by some kind of extremophile. Some theorists even think that life originated first in a comet and when a comet hit Earth several million years ago, the living organisms from the comet then reached Earth and perhaps other planets also. So as per this, we are actually aliens who came from a comet. Okay, so now we know that there are many planets in the habitable or the Goldilocks zone of other star systems nearby. 
we also know that the master molecules or the key ingredients of living organisms on earth are proteins and nucleic acids the proteins are built up of amino acids and the nucleic acids are built up of nucleotides the earth's primordial atmosphere that is the atmosphere when earth was just formed was like the rest of the universe rich in hydrogen and hydrogen compounds when molecular hydrogen methane ammonia and water are mixed together in the presence of virtually any source of energy like the sun the result is a remarkably high yield of amino acids and the sugars and nitrogenous bases that are the chemical constituents of the nucleotides so that means that in the universe the basic components required to create life that is amino acids and nucleotides are there everywhere of course presence of the ingredients of life does not automatically mean that life is also present everywhere but a lot of laboratory experiments to create life out of these basic ingredients are progressing well these lab experiments produce a large amount of a brownish polymer that consists mainly of long hydrocarbon chains the spectroscopic properties of the polymer are similar to those of the reddish clouds on jupiter saturn and titan the largest satellite of saturn so looks like jupiter saturn and titan may be huge planetary laboratories engaged in prebiological organic chemistry fascinating no so basically there is high probability of life existing elsewhere in the universe considering the billions of stars in the universe and accounting for planets in the habitable zone and considering it takes a few billion years for life to evolve to intelligent levels like humans the best guess is that there are a million civilizations at or beyond the earth's present level of technological advancement that means that they too are evolved and intelligent enough to have discovered means of communicating over long distances through space i wonder if they also have internet do you think they have swiggy and order and food do they laze around on their couch watching netflix all day do they have any other senses than the five senses that humans have can they communicate through telepathy do they look green in color like many hollywood movies show can they take on any shape like they show in the movie pk well i do wish we get answers to these and other questions in our lifetime but coming back to communicating over long distances electromagnetic radiation is the fastest and also by far the cheapest method of establishing such contact and radio waves seem to be the most efficient and economical method of interstellar communication interstellar space vehicles can also be sent out to space but in all cases they would be a slower more expensive and more difficult means of communication It is very likely that other advanced civilizations have also discovered radio waves and are also in search of other life and civilizations. So it seems to us quite possible that one-way radio messages are being beamed at the earth at this very moment by radio transmitters on planets in orbit around other stars, basically from other intelligent civilizations. for an intelligent civilization it has to have evolved over a long period of time that is billions of years many of these older civilizations are bound to be in galaxies older than our own 
For this reason, the most readily detectable radio signals from another civilization may likely come from outside our galaxy. Spiral galaxies such as the Great Nebula in Andromeda are obvious candidates. But the elliptical galaxies are much older and more highly evolved and could conceivably harbor a large number of extremely advanced civilizations. The bodies and biology on the other planets is of course expected to be different from our own because of the statistical nature of the evolutionary process and the adaptability of life. The science and engineering, however, may be quite similar to ours because any civilization engaged in interstellar radio communication, no matter where it exists, must deal with the same laws of physics, astronomy and radio technology that we do. Because the laws of physics are the same everywhere in the universe, the most obvious thing to do would be for earthlings to turn our receivers to stars that are rather similar to the sun, beginning with the nearest. We have been listening for some time now, but so far we have not been unsuccessful. But even if we were to detect a radio signal, how do we know it was sent on purpose by an intelligent civilization? Lot of objects in space keep emitting radio waves. So how do we know which one is sent by intelligent life and which one is just random noise? How could we be sure that a particular radio signal was deliberately sent by an intelligent being? It is easy to design a message that is unambiguously artificial, that is not just random noise. Let's say the first 30 prime numbers. That would be difficult to ascribe to some natural astrophysical phenomenon. A simple message of this kind might be an announcement signal. This can be followed by more advanced messages. We have been listening to radio signals for a long time. But should we be sending messages ourselves out to the universe so other civilizations can listen? One message has already been transmitted to the great cluster in Hercules by the Arecibo radio telescope, but only as a kind of symbol of the capabilities of our existing radio technology. Actually, something close to 1000 such signals from our everyday internal communications like TV, radio, satellite communications, etc. have left the earth every second for the past two decades since all of these technologies have become commonplace. The first of these electromagnetic radio waves should be some 20 light years away by now because they are moving outward at the speed of light. These waves are carrying the news that human beings have achieved the capacity for interstellar conversation and they cross about 20 new stars each year. But even if these stars have received our message and they have responded, it will take as many light years for us to receive the message. We have also sent another kind of message. Two engraved plaques that ride about Pioneer 10 and Pioneer 11. These spacecraft the first artifacts of mankind that will escape from the solar system will voyage forever through our galaxy at a speed of some 10 miles per second. Each plaque is an engraved cosmic greeting card. It has the location of the Earth and the time the spacecraft was built and launched. In order to identify the exact location of the spacecraft's launch within our galaxy, a diagram of the, our solar system is given. The trajectory of the spacecraft is shown as it leaves the third planet that is Earth and swings by the fifth planet Jupiter. 
Lastly, the plaque shows images of a man and a woman of the earth in 1973. Their heights are shown with respect to the spacecraft and are also given a binary number stated in terms of the wavelength of the spectral line at 1420 megahertz. Whenever the spacecrafts are discovered by other civilizations, the data in the plaques will enable any technically sophisticated civilization to deduce where from and the year the vehicle was sent on its epic journey. How cool would it be if these spacecrafts are discovered by smart extraterrestrials and they send us back something in return? These plaques are destined to be the longest lived works of mankind. they will survive virtually unchanged for hundreds of millions perhaps billions of years in space when plate tectonics has completely rearranged our continents when all the present landforms on earth have been ground down when civilization has been profoundly transformed and when human beings may have in- evolved into some other kind of organism these plaques will still exist they will show that in the year we called 1973 There were organisms portrayed on the plaques that cared enough about their place in the hierarchy of intelligent beings to share knowledge about themselves with others. Here is something interesting. Over the decades and even centuries, several people have reported sightings of UFOs or unidentified flying objects which are believed to be vehicles carrying extraterrestrials. mysterious lights sinister flying saucers alien abductions between 1947 and 1969 at the height of the cold war more than 12000 ufo sightings were reported to project blue book a small top secret american air force team the most infamous one was at roswell in new mexico us in the summer of 1947 US Army Air Forces announced they'd recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. There were even stories that alien bodies were recovered from there. But later the government changed the story and said they were weather balloons. Many conspiracy theories came up. Some say it was a spy craft. It was the height of Cold War, so some say the Soviets were behind this. Some say this was part of a classified American project called Project Mogul. They were building high altitude balloons equipped with microphones designed to float secretly over the Soviet Union and listen into their conversations and learn military secrets. In 1980, there were reports of lights falling to earth on a Royal Air Force military base near England's east coast. When servicemen went to investigate They saw a metallic object giving off lights and moving around and discovered markings near the site. A few days later they saw three bright lights in the sky that shone for hours. Astronomers and researchers have disputed the sightings as bright stars and the site markings and in, as indentations made by animals. The longest lasting series of reported UFO sightings in Belgium began in November 1989 and ended the following April. Around 13,500 people claimed to witness seeing large triangular flying objects hovering low in the sky. In the spring of 1990, military fighter pilots investigated and pursued some of the unidentifiable ob- unidentifiable objects, but the objects flew out of range before the pilots could observe anything. 
It was written off as a harmless mystery and remains one of the largest alleged UFO sightings in history. There have been several UFO sightings even in India. In November 2015 on Diwali, an American astronaut aboard the International Space Station captured a UFO on his camera over South India. Overall UFO sightings have been reported at Kolkata, Bangalore, Aurangabad and other parts of India, but most of them are reported in Ladakh as well as in Rajasthan and West Bengal. The phrase flying saucer has been associated with descriptions of US UFO sightings for seemingly forever. But the term was actually coined by the press after a sighting was reported by pilot Kenneth Arnold in 1947, the same year as the Roswell incident. While traveling to Washington on a plane, he said he spotted 9 aircrafts flying in a V formation towards Mount Rainier at around 1700 miles per hour. He described the movement as a saucer if you skip it over water, which was misinterpreted by newspapers to mean the objects were shaped like saucers, thus coining the term flying saucer. Do you know why aliens are often depicted as little green men with bulbous heads and oversized eyes? On the night of 21st August 1955, a large extended family called Suttons living in Kentucky arrived breathlessly at a police station. They seemed very terrified and said they saw a few otherworldly beings that were silver metallic in color. Little men about 2 and 1/2 to 3 and 1/2 feet with a huge head, two antennae, large ears, big yellow glowing eyes, long arms almost reaching the ground. Over the next few days, several radio stations and newspapers reported this incident. As the story spread into the world, it took on a life of its own. The number of little men grew to a dozen or more. A few years later, The little metallic men were confused with an Eastern Kentucky woman's report on of a flying saucer and a 6 foot tall man in green color helping launch the myth of little green men. You can go to history.com and type little green men and you can see sketches of the aliens as described by the Sutton family. While the general public has been fascinated with UFOs for decades, Our governments, scientists and media have essentially declared that all of the UFO sightings are a result of weather phenomenon or human action. None are actually extraterrestrial spacecraft and no aliens have visited earth. Whether fact or fiction, mankind has always been fascinated with aliens, extraterrestrials and UFOs. There have been so many Hollywood movies like Alien, Steven Spielberg's E.T. or Extraterrestrial, Star Wars, The Andromeda Strain, Area 51, Almost Human, 2001: A Space Odyssey, and so many more. The TV series Star Trek 2 was a cult. Bollywood has not had too many, but the most popular ones are Koi Mil Gaya and P.K. If you want to know more. Read books by Carl Sagan, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Michio Kaku. I really enjoyed reading a fiction book called Contact by Carl Sagan where he writes about aliens making radio contact with earth. It was really fascinating and quite a page turner. Okay, if you had the opportunity to send a message to extraterrestrials, what would it be? Do post your comments and feedback on the podcast app, Facebook 
or send an email to fiastrivia@gmail.com until then keep looking out of the window into the sky who knows you may spot a ufo or an alien may just give you a high five through the window